Come on, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord on Wednesday night? Amen. Do you feel like the Lord can move on a Wednesday night? You can hear from the voice of the Lord. God's word can speak to your situation, minister to your heart. Amen. Amen. I believe that. And I'm looking forward to what the Lord's going to do here tonight. You know what? You may be seated. We will. Um, we'll get to the meat of what we're going to do in just a second. I'm so glad to be here. One of the uh, sadnesses, if that's even a word, uh, one of the sad parts of me taking a staff pastorship at the Pentecostals of Cooper City and stopping and leaving the evangelistic field is some of the wonderful churches that I enjoyed being with on occasion. Uh, we, no long, we don't get to be with them as often. And it was always a pleasure as an evangelist to be here in West Palm Beach with all of you. We always knew there was going to be a move of God, that people were going to get the Holy Ghost, people were going to get baptized in Jesus' name. There was going to be miracles, that there was going to be revival in worship. You're blessed to be a part of a revival church, amen? Amen, and I'm so glad to be here again tonight. Uh, I miss my friend, Pastor Kyle. I love Pastor, Pastor and Sister Kyle, and they're the entire Kyle family. You may not know this. Those of you who have been around for a long time may remember this reference, but the Kyles have known me since I was a baby. Sister Kyle uh, frequently reminds me that she has changed my diapers. Uh, she tells me that once she considered pushing me into a swimming pool um, when I was too young to swim. But thank God she didn't. To God be the glory. But we love the Kyles and uh, we miss them. And uh, I know that you're looking forward to them being back. But it is good to be here tonight. And I'm looking forward to God's presence filling this room. I look around and I see a lot of friends. And I'm not going to start naming names because I will forget somebody and leave somebody out. But um, as the youth secretary, it's always, you know that youth camp... And youth convention has started when West Palm young people show up. That it's getting ready to, we're getting ready to have some church and have a good time. And uh, so, anyhow, get all that out of the way. And let's, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. Now, I've been a part of the Apostolic Church for a long time. I'm not old, but uh, I think I was born on a Tuesday. And that following Sunday, I was in church. So uh, I'm kind of familiar with how it goes. And sometimes, sometimes Wednesday nights are a little sleepy. And uh, Bible study, we need Bible study. Bible study is good. Uh, sometimes the, we, we, we learn a little bit. We get, we get uh, enriched and empowered and we go home and it carries us through the rest of the week. Um, but you know what? I'm just going to pretend like this is revival service and that we're going to have a, a Holy Ghost blowout. And you can preach with me or you can... Uh, you know, do whatever else you want to do, but I'm going to just pretend like the, the Holy Ghost is moving whether you feel it or not. All right, so you might as well just help me out and join in so, this, so that we can have a good time together. Amen? 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through 45. You're, you're familiar with this passage, I'm sure. Um, it says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. 
And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up and say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot and get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. This, this evening I'd like to just preach to you quickly uh, from what the Lord has laid on my heart for this season. I, I just have a feeling I'm going to preach this a, a handful of times before it gets filed away. Uh, just the Lord laid this on my heart. And, and I think somebody needs to hear it tonight. And before this service is over, faith is going to rise. Faith is going to rise in the house. And, and there's going to be individuals in this sanctuary that is going to hear a word from the Lord. And I don't mean a general word from my preaching. I mean the Lord's going to begin speaking some things to your heart. Speaking some things to your ear. The Lord's going to begin saying, this word is for you. The Lord's going to be saying, this, the, the miracle is about to happen. Tonight I want to preach to you from this this text and this title, you will hear it before you see it. Now I need you to put your Bibles down and lift your hands and lift your voice unto the Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you and we pray that your presence and your power would fill this room. God, that we would have a revival atmosphere, that the presence of the Lord would be strong in this sanctuary, that we would hear your voice, that we would feel your touch. Lord God, that we would not leave here without encountering the presence of the Lord, that somebody that came here needing an answer would get an answer, that somebody that came here needing to hear your voice would hear your voice somebody that needed a touch from God that sounds good church why don't we just lift that a little bit higher lift that a little bit higher in the name of Jesus God is getting ready to tear down some strongholds you're going to leave here with a confidence you didn't come here with you're going to leave here with a faith you didn't get here with but God has a word for somebody tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name Jesus name I like what I feel in the house of the Lord clap your hands unto the Lord one more time you may be seated the passage we just read is a familiar passage that refers to some of the darkest days in the history of the nation of Israel the days of King David are long past Israel has had a string of evil kings rise to power and sit on the throne. The king, during the events of 1 Kings chapter 18, is none other than King Ahab, who is referred to in Scripture as the worst king in Israel's long history. The only bright spot on this dark time in history is the prophet Elijah steps on the scene in Israel and becomes one of the most revered figures in all of the Old Testament. In fact, Elijah was such a powerful force for God. When Jesus appeared in the New Testament and stepped on the scene, many believe Jesus was the reincarnation of the famed prophet of antiquity. Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say John and some say Elias, some say Elijah. Elijah was so powerful that when they saw the works of Jesus, they thought maybe this is Elijah come back. Elijah, what a man, what a, what a prophet, what a man of God, what an anointing. While today in our services and in our churches, Elijah is a celebrated figure in the Bible. 
He was certainly a villain in the eyes of the wicked king and those who followed him. Elijah had been sent by God to bring judgment on the house of Ahab and all of Israel in an attempt to turn God's people back to him. And this is not the point of this message, but I would be remiss to skip this. When God attempts to entice you to follow him with blessings, you had better receive those blessings and thankfully and graciously serve the Lord. Because if he has to, he may turn to judgment to turn your attention and your eyes back towards him. Oh Lord, let me serve you because you're good. Let me serve you because you're righteous. Let me serve you because you're holy. You don't have to send judgment to me. It's not a burden to serve the Lord. Elijah is sent to Ahab to declare judgment is coming to the land of Israel in the form of a drought. It will not rain until Elijah speaks the word of the Lord and causes it to rain again. Ahab no doubt ignores this warning because who can stop the rain? However... After three years of no rain, Ahab is probably reconsidering Elijah's rebuke. Now, Ahab is probably a little bit like us. Elijah says, it ain't going to rain. He goes, yeah, try it. I dare you. And after a week, he goes, coincidence. After two weeks, he's like, this can't last forever. After six months, he's like, anybody seen Elijah? Um, it ain't raining. Three years without rain in an agricultural society means death. The crops die. The livestock dies. The economy dies. Riverbeds begin to dry up. Businesses close. No doubt people began to die. Israel has become a dry, desolate, and dying kingdom. They need rain. They have got to have rain. Their crops need rain. Their businesses need rain. Their cattle need rain. Their children need rain. Everyone needs rain. Then one of the most dramatic scenes in biblical history begins to unfold. After three long years of drought, Elijah comes out of hiding and reveals himself to Ahab. 1 Kings 18 and 17 says, And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou. Man, you know that pastors want to do that sometimes. I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Pastor Kyle ain't here to stop me. Sometimes you say, Pastor Kyle... The devil is giving me a hard time. And what he wants to say is, it ain't the devil. It's you. The church ain't treating me right. Elijah's causing me all sorts of trouble. Elijah said, man, what you talking about? You're causing this trouble. Don't put this on me. I gave you fair warning. You knew what you were getting yourself into. You heard the word of the Lord. God gave you fair warning. God is not a, 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 a rule with an iron fist. He gives grace before he gives judgment. 
Don't put this on the preacher. Don't put this on the house of God. Don't put this on the family of God. Turn from your sin and ways. Repent. And God will pour out his blessings again. I haven't troubled Israel. But thou and thy father's house. Oh, then he goes in. You and your whole family. In that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all of Israel unto the Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which which eat at Jezebel's table. Man, when we tell this story, we say Elijah went up against 450 prophets. Wrong. He went up against 850 prophets. There was one disadvantage. There wasn't enough of them. Elijah had them surrounded. He faked them out. Now, we hear these stories so often. Sunday school, youth group, youth camp, youth convention, on up into the hyphen age, and then young adults, and then marrieds, and then we hear these stories, and we just, they just become commonplace to us. But I want you to think about this for a second. Think about this dramatic event. Elijah says, Ahab, go get every false preacher in the kingdom. We're renting out the stadium. We're putting up billboards. We're inviting everybody. We're selling tickets. And I'm throwing down the gauntlet. If he's God, he's God. And if, and if Jehovah is God, he is God. But when this service is over, we will know who the Lord is. There won't be any questions. There won't be any doubt. Could you imagine if somebody did that today? Down where I'm in Broward County, we got the BB&T Center. Could you imagine if somebody said, hey, all you false prophets preaching your lies, meet me at the BB&T Center on Friday night, we about to find out. Man, you couldn't sell enough tickets. People would be standing outside. Anybody need any tickets? Anybody? 800 for two. You're going to be sitting in the nosebleeds, but we get you some tickets. People would want to know, who is God? Who really is the one? Is it Baal? Is it Jehovah? Let God be God or let Baal be God. You need to make up your mind and decide. That's what Elijah says. But today, we're going to find out. Today we're going to know the time has come. Israel must decide if they're going to serve God or if they're going to go on serving Baal. And this time we will put our respective gods to the test to see who is really in control. Imagine Elijah has just rented out the stadium and sold the tickets and invited all the false prophets. He's cut a promo. They're going to do the bash at the beach. They're going to they're throw down. The, they're they're going to play each other's music. They're going to march out. The announcers are going to call their name. And they're going to fight it out. 850 to 1. Verse 23 says, Let them therefore, when everybody arrives, Elijah says, These are the terms of the, the match. Let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under and call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire let let him be God. And all the people answered and said it is well spoken. They like the terms of this agreement. As you know, the dramatic scene plays out more spectacularly than anyone could have imagined. The false prophets of Baal do all of their incantations and spells and invocations they can imagine. They sing and they dance and they shout and they cut themselves. 
But Baal does what false gods do. Nothing. And this is my favorite part of the story. Elijah starts roasting them. He's going, sing a little louder. He's saying, maybe he's asleep. Dance a little louder. Sing a lot. Maybe you should cut yourself. <laughs> hey, bash each other over the head. <laughs> Elijah knows that, that rock, that, that piece of wood, that stubble, that hay, he knows that ain't going to do nothing. He, there is no concern. There is no worry. Elijah not once looked up in the sky and thought, oh boy, I hope fire doesn't fall down from heaven. There is no concern. Elijah begins talking trash to 850 prophets. And then, once they've exhausted themselves, once they've worn themselves out, they've sang every song, they've done every ancient incantation, they've broke out every spell book, they've got the wisest, and the, 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 the elders who have all the great wisdom, they've got the newcomers with their innovations, they've, they've tried everything they can try to produce a move of God, and there just ain't going to be a move of God. Man, sometimes we're more like the prophets of Baal than we are like Elijah. We'll try everything in the book to produce a move of God. But the problem is, is we're worshiping ourselves and we're worshiping our flesh and we're worshiping our own desires. And it ain't ever going to work and it ain't ever going to move and it ain't ever going to be any fire. And there ain't ever going to be any Holy Ghost and there's never going to be any redemption. and never. Oh, but I would to God that we would just call on the name of Jesus and say, Lord, without you we can do nothing. But with God... All things are possible. It's Elijah's turn, and he wants to leave no doubt. He calls for barrels of water to be poured out on the sacrifice. And mind you, water is scarce in these precious days. Then Elijah prays a simple prayer, and fire falls from heaven and consumes the sacrifice. It consumes the sacrifice and the altar and the water and the stones around the altar. What a victory. What a moment. What an incredible display of God's power and majesty. This is like the defining moment of Elijah. He is this fiery prophet who now has literal fire. To go with his fiery ministry. But there's still a problem. No rain. We're still dry. We're still empty. We're still desert. Elijah turns to the people of Israel and he says, kill the false prophets. And they slay them and they destroy them. And you would think, what a victory. What a move of God. What a, a Holy Ghost outpouring. It's Sunday service. The presence of God is there. The fire is falling. People are shouting and dancing. Enemies are being defeated and destroyed. And you're going, but I still don't have any rain. I'm still dry. I'm still empty. Thank God for what you're doing in this season. Thank God for what you're doing for them and what you're doing for the people. But I need rain. It's great to frequently be reminded who God is 
and that he is still on the throne. And it's great to be in an atmosphere where miracles are happening and fire is falling and others are getting the victory. But it seems there are times in our lives when the power of God is on display for all to see. But my problem is still just as real as it always was. I'm empty and dry and I'm saying pour it out on me. Pour it out on me. I need rain. You know what I'm talking about? I'm still sick. I'm still tormented. I'm still bound. I'm still depressed. I'm still lonely. I'm still brokenhearted. I'm still dry. I'm still in a desert. I still need rain. I'm glad that the Holy Ghost is being poured out. I'm glad there's baptisms. And I'm glad people are speaking in tongues. But I'm dry. Then out of the blue, something unexpected happens. The challenge had been delivered. The altars had been built. The false prophets had failed. God has answered by fire. The people of Israel have slain the false prophets. Then Elijah turns to Ahab and tells him, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Elijah is declaring, I hear the sound of total victory. I hear the sound of deliverance. I hear the sound of needs being met. I hear the sound of dead things coming back to life. I hear the sound of rain. And not just a little rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of riverbeds overflowing. I hear the sound of crops bursting out of the ground. I hear the sound of babies drinking a glass of cold water and feeling the refreshing that they need. I hear the sound. It's not going to be a drizzle. It's not going to be a light sprinkle. But there's going to be wash. It's going to come washing down on us. Have you better get ready? I hear the sound of rain. But this story just gets better and better. Elijah sends his servant to look for what he has heard. And the servant says, I don't see anything. There are no clouds to be seen, the sun is shining. And the sky is blue. I know you say you heard something. But I don't see anything. In fact, if we hadn't had three years of drought, I'd be looking at the sky going, what a beautiful day. This is perfect. The sun is shining, the sky is clear, and the temperature is just right. I think you're wrong about this, Elijah. I don't see nothing. And Elijah replies, go again. Still nothing. Go again. Nada. Go look again. Seven times Elijah sends his servant to look for a sign that rain is coming. And finally, the Bible says, the servant saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Finally, Elijah, his servant, and Ahab began to see what Elijah had heard and it would not be long before the heaven was black with clouds and wind and there was a great rain. Now I have heard and read this story my whole life but I received a revelation for the first time recently while reading this story. Elijah heard it long before he ever saw it. As I contemplated this truth, I began to realize this pattern holds true throughout the entirety of Scripture. I'm going to take a moment and prove it to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. 
And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the, upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And then there was light. Sound preceded light. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. You will know it's coming before it comes. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. You will hear it before you see it. You will hear it before you see it. Abraham, I'm going to give you a land and make you a great people. Joseph, I'm going to give you, I'm going to elevate you in your family and take you from last to first. Moses, I will go before you into Egypt and send mighty signs and wonders. David, you will be the next king of Israel. Mary. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of the father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said, Angel, what are you talking about? I, I'm not pregnant. I've never been with a man. What are you talking about? I can't bring forth a son. But you're going to hear it before you see it. There's coming a day. It's going to happen. God's word always precedes God's work. God's voice always precedes God's visitation. God's sound always precedes God's sign. God's declaration always precedes God's demonstration. God's promise Always precedes God's power. Tonight, you may have come to church thinking, I want to see revival. I want to see deliverance. I want to see healing. I want to see backsliders come home. Can I get a witness? I want to see financial breakthrough. I want to see lost loved ones saved. I want to see victory. I want to see peace. I want to see outpourings. I want to see miracles. I want to see deliverance. I want to see, I want to see it, oh God. I'm here to declare to you tonight, you will see it. But you will hear it before you see it. Even tonight, God is going to begin to speak some things into your spirit. And I don't mean generally, I mean specifically. God is going to speak to some folks tonight and tell them, your miracle's on your way. Your lost loved ones are going to be saved. Your backslidden children are going to be dancing in the aisles not too long from now. Your, your healing is just around the corner. Oh, I wish somebody would reach up and get a word from the Lord right now. Oh, Lord, speak to me. Oh, Lord, mention something to me. Oh, speak, Lord. Your servant here. The Bible says he speaks things that are not as though they were. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem possible. It, I, there's no cloud in the sky. There's, the sun is shining. The sky is blue. You just wait, baby. Rain is on its way. Rain is on its way. Abundant rain. Abundant healing. Abundant deliverance. Oh, come on. If you need something from God, you ought to stand up right now and claim your victory.
So let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the blind say, I can see. I don't see it yet, but I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. It's on its way. Come on, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You might not see triumph yet, but you can hear triumph. I hear the sound of triumph. I hear the sound of victory. I hear the sound of deliverance. Come on, turn on your spiritual ears for a second. The word of the Lord says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. The Lord wants to speak something to you tonight. The Lord wants to encourage you tonight. The Lord wants to lift you up tonight. The Lord wants to tell you, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your worship. I've seen your sleepless nights and your intercession. I've seen it. And your miracle is on its way. Oh, I feel like something good is about to happen. I feel like somebody's about to get a victory they've been needing for a long time. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. And God's word will carry you. God's word will carry you until God's promise comes to pass. Some of you are going to hear it and the doctor's going to say, it don't look good. And you're going to say, but I've got a word from the Lord. Somebody's going to say, you, don't, you can't imagine what I saw your lost loved one doing. You're going to say, it's going to be all right. I got a word from the Lord. A miracle is on its way. I can't see how it's going to work. I can't see how it's going to work out. But I got a word from the Lord. Tell you something. Samuel goes to Jesse's house. He looks and looks and looks and looks and looks and then he finds the one boy that nobody thought had any potential. Who could be nothing. And he anoints him with oil. And he says, David, you're going to be the next king of Israel. There is no reason for David to be afraid of Goliath. When Goliath walks out on that battlefield, he is a dead man walking. Because David is not the king yet. And if David dies on that battlefield, God is a liar. David could have fought him with a slingshot or a pea shooter or a pocket knife. David could have fought him bare knuckle challenge to the death. Goliath didn't have a chance because David had a word from the Lord. You might have a giant staring you in the face. You just say, I come to you in the name of the Lord. You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. But in the meantime, you need to continually tune your ear 
for what the Lord is going to say to you. You know that God gave a word to Abraham. And then five chapters later, he reconfirmed the word. And another five chapters later, he confirmed the word again. And in those ten chapters, about 20 years passed. And Abraham just kept walking. Where are we going, Abraham? The Lord said, wherever I put my feet, it's going to belong to me. Uh, but we ain't got nothing yet. Don't worry about it, baby. The Lord's going to come through. I know I'm going to have a baby boy. And we're going to be a great nation. It's going to be more than the stars in the sky. I've got a word from the Lord. Abraham kept his ear tuned to the Lord. Abraham kept listening for the voice of the Lord. You need to keep listening for God's voice. You need to be in the house of the Lord. You need to have an attitude. I haven't seen it, but I've got a word from God. And every time you come through those back doors and the word of God is preached, your faith will rise again. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And one day what you have only heard will become something that you've seen. Because God speaks things that are not as though they were. One more time, clap your hands, all you people. Come on, somebody. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Y'all have had those guest speakers before. They start coming down these stairs and you start going, oh, boy. They get that wily look in their eye. And they start walking up to people saying, you ran over a squirrel on your bike and you feel terrible about it and God's releasing you from it. How do you know that? I hate to break it to you. I can't do that. Uh, but the Lord wants to come down your aisle tonight. The Lord wants to come tell you some things that I can't tell you. The Lord wants to tell you, Mama, them babies are coming home. The Lord wants to tell you that stage four cancer ain't got nothing on me. The Lord wants to tell you that revival you've been praying for. I wish somebody would hear what the Lord's trying to say to you tonight. You need to receive your rhema word right now. You need to leave here knowing God is on his way. Angels are dispatched on my behalf. Victory is around the corner. I cannot be defeated. I am anointed. I heard a word from the Lord tonight. Come on, let's worship the Lord together. I'm wrapping up, I promise, I'm almost done. Why don't you try to hear a voice from the Lord? Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak, your servant, hear it. Lord, speak. The musicians would come. When Elijah heard the sound, the Bible says Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth. And he put his face between his knees. I've tried this a few times. It is not easy. This is a posture of prayer. God, I've heard it. But I want to see it. God. Thank you for lifting my faith one more time. Oh God, thank you for restoring my joy again. But I'm ready to see it. 
I'm ready to see it come to pass. I'm ready to receive my miracle. And I'm going to stay in this posture of prayer. If I got to do it one time or two times or five times or seven times, I ain't moving till I see what I've heard. Lord, you're going to come through, but I'm going to pray until it happens. Lord, you're going to come through, but I'm going to put my head between my knees and I'm going to call it down from heaven. If you can send fire down from heaven for Elijah, you can send a miracle down from heaven for me. faith healer I am not a prophet I don't do this kind of thing very often but the presence of the Lord is here and if you have a word God has spoken to you but you haven't seen it yet and you're still waiting on your miracle I want you to get down to this altar right now you can be anything God, I need that financial miracle. You promised it to me, and I'm ready to receive it. God, you promised. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. If you need a word from the Lord, I don't care who you are. You might have responsibilities around the building right now. You just shut them down for a second. You get down to this halter. God wants to pour out some things. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I hear the sound of miracles being poured out. I hear the sound of victory. Oh, I hear the sound of healing and deliverance. Reach up, somebody. Reach up and get your word. And now you pray until something happens. You pray until you get a breakthrough. You pray until you feel the rain pouring down on you. Oh, the sky's getting dark and the temperature's getting cold and the wind's starting to blow. I think it's about to start raining. I think it's about to start raining. I think God's getting ready to pour out some things. He's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out some blessings that you cannot contain. children will not be lost my children will not go to hell I don't care if I gotta pray one time or seven times or 70 times I've got a word come on somebody don't give up oh God <laughs> 